Streaming May 23rd only on BET Plus. Miss Pat is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown ass family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. Dad, you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That's it! Marching to Pearl! Win number four wow. of 2020! And they take him down. The plan works completely. Marching Timor! Timbura! Wow! The bigger the lights, the bigger my composure. I don't have any fears out here. There's nothing to fear. Jordan, the Monkey King of Love! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, right now, uh, Matt and I, we're not joined yet. We have uh, three guests today. Let me put my yes. glasses on. Uh, Nick Vile from The Bachelor. He's a former bachelor and uh, and uh, he's uh, promoting his podcast called The Vile Files, which uh, rhymes, so it works out nicely. Uh, Jordan Levitt, undefeated, 8-0. Matt Wyman went to jump the guard. And then he definitely, you know, um, regretted that when he woke up, you know. And they were giving him some shit. They were giving Jordan some shit because he was celebrating when Matt was sleeping. But I say, give the kid a break. We also have Martin Tybora today, Matt. Sorry, Matt Martin Tybora, uh, who is in the co-main uh, this Saturday, uh, which is a really, really interesting uh, main event, uh, uh, Augusto Sakai, uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. That's a really, really good main event. And of course, Walt Harris and uh, Marcin Tibor is a coming. What's up, Jordan? Nothing much. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Uh, as well as you can be on quarantine by yourself, cutting weight. Oh, right. What, what are you doing in the quarantine, Jordan? What do you do to uh, stay, you know, occupied? Um, reading a lot. Oh, what kind of books? What are you reading? I'm reading Stephen King's Under the Dome right now. And I'm reading Eye of the World and the Wheel of Time series. Just bouncing back between that. Uh, you're a big Stephen King fan? I love Stephen King. He's my favorite author. Yeah, mine too. You see those, well, Jim, Jimmy, you're dark and gloomy for a comic, but I'm sorry, Jordan. But for yourself, those It movies, did you watch them? I haven't watched the It movies because I haven't read the book yet. I want to read the book first. That's the first Stephen King book I read was It. Really? 
1987, I worked in a warehouse and I was uh, just like unloading books and it was a hard copy. I'm like, ah, fuck it. And I started reading it. I couldn't stop reading it. It's a great book. It's long. But yeah, the movie is decent, but the book is is great. That's smart. Uh, Misery, I'm sure you've read. Oh, Misery is a good one. Yeah. And the book is even more brutal than the movie. The book's even more brutal. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. You know what movie just destroyed me? And I liked it so much until the last, literally the last five minutes, The Fucking Mist with Thomas Jane. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. I haven't seen that Come movie. Come on, Jordan, put your books down. Start watching. <laughs> <laughs> i Jordan. Jordan, what's your nickname again? I hope it's not on here. The Monkey King. I fucking love that. I feel like slapping my producers and not putting that on here. I'm yeah. like, it's the monkey. The Monkey King. How did you come up with that? Um, I was just in, I went to like middle school. We were, um, me and my friends went to go watch The Forbidden Kingdom with like Jet Li and Jackie Chan, one of the few movies that are in on it together. Oh. And then we were watching the Monkey King figure. We're like, oh my gosh, he's like you. Maybe it was racially tinged. Who knows? But um, the whole playful persona is really a lot, you know, resonated with me. And it's kind of how I fight. So it's kind of stuck. You are a happy fella in there. You look pretty happy. Yeah, I am pretty happy. How is your nerves? Is it, is it, is it a facade, like Jimmy likes to say? Are you trying to, like George St. Pierre, trying to put on a happy face, but you're really scared to death inside Monkey King? How is it or no? Or how are you feeling? How's your nerves before you walk out? Um, when I get to the um, venue, I'm never really nervous at all. I'm nervous up until I see my opponent at weigh-ins. Um, up until you see them in person, it's kind of like you have this caricature of them, you know, like, oh, they're this fighter, they're this. Yes. They look so big on tape. Then you see them, it's like, you're just another person. Just a guy. It's just a fist fight. If, you know, they would have pushed me on the playground, I would have pushed back, and then I would have ate their liver with some fava beans. Like... <laughs> By the way, that's another good book, uh, Silence of the Lambs. I think I read that in almost 24 hours. Did you read that book? That's really good. Yeah, and Red Dragon, the previous uh, one that's the Silence Lambs, the sequel. Red Dragon's also really good from Harris, I believe. Yeah, they're really good books. Yeah, Thomas Harris, I think his name is. Uh, you two are both kind of creepy, man. You guys love this dark shit. We do. <laughs> Stephen King's an underrated author, though. Don't you think? Because everyone's like, he sells a lot, but people don't realize what it, like, he's actually a really good writer about nonfiction stuff, too. He's a very interesting thinker. Uh, I, I, I think he doesn't get the credit from writers that he deserves. Yeah, he doesn't get the literary credit. He He's written like he has such a wide range of books from Dark Tower. It's, yeah. All of his books are so different and stuff. The Bachman books. Did you read those like uh, The Long Walk, Running Man? When he, he came out years ago and did these books under the name Richard Bachman because he wanted to see how well things would sell without his name on it. Um, not as well, I think. I don't think they sold as well <laughs> as Richard Bachman. Um, Running Man's really good dystopian um, one. And uh, um, Thinner's also a Richard Bachman one. That's also That's really right. Good. That's right. Thinner, the Thinner, The Long Walk, Running Man, and the other one... I, rage. I, I, rage. That's right. One word. Rage. Good memory. Um, you're amazing, too, because you have really good awareness in the octagon. Uh, your, your, your last opponent, uh, Wynn, uh, you, you slammed, but the amazing thing was the way you walked him over to your corner. I was like, what tremendous awareness to, to hear your corner calling 
and to kind of walk him over there. And then the way you, you kind of had him framed when you, when you dropped him, uh, you just seem to, n- nothing seems reactionary. You really seem to have your head completely in every moment. Yeah. I kind of go out there and flow. I can't really, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what I was thinking during the time. I kind of just go out there. It's all instinctual at that point. But yeah, I remember picking him up and my coach saying, bring him over here. And I'm like, where are you? Yeah. And then I had to like, I looked around because, you know, the lights make you blind there. It's like being on stage. So, and then the knockout, yeah, that happy accident, you know, <laughs> thankful for it. Also have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> and they gave you shit about that, I heard. I heard they gave, they gave you stuff for celebrating when he was unconscious. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got some flack for that. For um, like, how dare you, you know, celebrate. I mean, we, we waited for him to wake up to make sure he wasn't like injured, injured. Yeah, and you don't want him to miss. You don't want him to miss the celebration when he's sleeping. And by the way, it was Matt Wyman, by the way, and I apologize. I said when it was Wyman, stupid asshole I am. <laughs> so wait, what did you get for the? You know, again, it's your first time on here, Jordan. And what did you get started with? Where did you grow up? And what was your first discipline you got started with? Um, I was born and raised in Las Vegas, and I joined high school wrestling my freshman year. But then I quit because. I sucked at I sucked at sports. I think I was a little too um, I like was a late bloomer. So, like a few weeks after I quit wrestling, I turned on the TV and saw the Ultimate Fighter, and I thought that was the coolest thing. It was like season ten, Rampage versus Rashad, and I was like, I want to do that. Wrestling's too hard, but that looks pretty. That looks pretty cool. So the next year, I started doing wrestling again, and I liked Muay Thai way more than I liked Jiu-Jitsu. I used to hate Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, that's now my thing. <laughs> that's weird because you're so because now you're you're so dangerous in jujitsu. Yeah. So what made what made you what made you finally come around to it? So I had this first teacher, Leslie Sanchez, and his class was hardcore. And there was this one guy named Will. He used to always like knock me out when I was like 14, 15. And it kind of made me scared of Muay Thai. Oh, that's so, yeah, he'd always like knock me down and hurt me. And I was like, I'm a new beginner. I don't like this. So I started doing jujitsu because I didn't want to get hurt. And then I had a more of an aptitude for it. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, yeah. that guy, why don't you go spar with that guy now? Go look him up. It's funny. He's at my gym now. Like now we're friends. But I'm like, oh, well, I remember you. So we laugh about it now. Maybe you should thank him. You know what I mean? I know. I should. I turned you on to jujitsu. Now you're the fucking monkey king. <laughs> Did you see, like, when you when you stopped, uh, you said you stopped doing sports because you weren't very athletic. It's so amazing you had the confidence to kind of come back into it. Because like, a lot of times, you know, you drop out. Like, I was never great at sports, and it kind of discouraged me. I mean, then again, I didn't bloom either. I just got worse. Uh, but what, what, what was the point where you're like, fuck it, I think I actually have physically changed enough where I can do this? I think it all started, kind of started to click when I was, like, 16 where I was at a wrestling tournament and I really just like thought myself through, I'm like, I'm not going to be any of these guys that have been doing it for 10 plus years. I'm like, I'm way too behind the game, but I was like, but I can't bully these guys and I can't work on my cardio. So all I did through high school is basically just like bully guys around. I always had black eyes and stuff from wrestling from like headbutting people. And I just figured out that even if you're not better than somebody, you can't beat them if you outthink them. So I just, I learned that MMA, there's so many different avenues to beat somebody. You can have horrible skills in one area and still be successful. So now I just try to outthink every opponent and see how I could beat them. 
And you want now you read horrifying books. Are you a horror movie fan? Is that what you watch typically? Oh no, I'm I'm terrified of horror movies. Really? I I'm like I think I'm still scared of the dark, low key. Like I'm all here alone in the hotel right now. I slept with light on. Um, I don't like jump scares. I hate the anticipation from like a horror movie. Like the music changes and you know something's gonna happen. Yeah, it's like when you get shot. So like you know the needle's going in. So it's way worse than if you would have gotten stabbed. So, <laughs> wow. So you don't like the? Uh, I don't mind that, but a book scares me like that too. Like like Salem's Lot. When I read that, there was some terrifying Ooh. stuff in that. Yeah, a lot of these uh, you can handle the scare of a book, but the movies you don't like the structure of it. Kind of freaks you out. Yes. Yeah. The anticipation's worse for me when watching a movie. The book, you know, I'm kind of. I'm still so busy focusing on like building the picture in my mind. But in the when you watch on the television, like you don't have to do any thinking. You're just reacting. It's like all those primal instincts and emotions. So the book, I feel like you're distracted because you're too busy conceptualizing like the scene and what's happening, the dialogue, the voices. It's more distracting. When you grow up in Vegas, because I'm always fascinated by people, because that's such a, a destination place. It's, it's like it's a place you go to 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 either watch fights or to party. How do you avoid falling into this life where you're always gambling or spending time in the casinos? Like, how far up, uh, far away from that did you grow up? Um, very far. Um, I'm I'm Mormon, so I don't gamble and I don't drink and stuff. And my family, I'm a fourth generation Las Vegan. We came like across the plains and settled oh, wow. so my family a lot of them have worked in the casinos but i've always been very aware of how um stupid gambling was i mean i had a little poker face for like two years but i for me i'm just a very logical person yeah. and i'm so frugal and i've always been broke i've been broke like my entire life so gambling was terrifying um i'm not good at spending money so yeah, I think I'm pretty. It's helped me out a lot in Vegas that I'm too scared to lose money. <laughs> so, mom, in in when you're um being a Mormon, you can't drink. Is that how it works? Yeah, you don't drink alcohol or smoke. So, no. What's your What's the Mormon's policy on reefer? On reefer, it's very it's up to up, it's up to interpretation. So, like, if a doctor prescribed it, there'd be no issue. Oh. I'll be welcome at your Mormon party, stinking a reefer with my medical marijuana card. We'd love to have you, man. You'd fit right <laughs> in. Monkey King, pass the potatoes. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> Monkey King, I love your nickname. And you're very entertaining to fight, so I'm really looking forward to watching you. Yeah. You got a Thank you. persona. You do. It's different. And that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. You just have a child or am I way off? I just said, yeah, my, my baby girl just turned four months on Friday. Oh, congratulations. How great is that? It's awesome, man. It's a lot. It's come, it's come a lot more naturally to me than I thought it would. Yeah. I, it's, it's really cool to have like a little person and how their brain grows exponentially. And she discovers her feet and then she's learned how to like, you know, calm herself by like brushing her own hair and stuff it's really awesome four months you said four months old yeah four months okay yes now the personality starts coming out like yeah. within the next few months they're gonna be she's gonna be changing it's great i have three little girls well they're a little bit old well 12 10 and 8 but <laughs> yeah man it's great it's a great thing you know Congratulations on that. is is it what you thought it would be meaning like are you do you feel like you thought you would feel or are you do you feel differently that you thought you would feel the 
I thought I'd be more flustered. I people always tell you how like when I became a dad, it like changed my life. They had this big um, um paradigm shift in their head, and so I was like waiting for her to come, and I was like, "Am I going to be a good dad?" I didn't have a dad. I'm like, "How do you be a dad?" I had all these questions that I'm like, "Okay, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this." But then when I like held her for the first time, and then she was in the NICU, and like so many emotions and i was like i could do this you know how early did she arrive jordan he would she was only a week early but she would just stop breathing and would like turn blue and have to be put on oxygen which is scary because the nurses didn't tell me what was happening nah. so you know yeah i can relate my, my, my daughter my first one was uh five weeks early so it was scary you know what i mean and but she was like five and a half pounds when we got there there's a lot more babies. Well, the way worse, like, like, like really you're looking at them. You're like that, that baby doesn't belong out of the belly by far, like little tiny little babies. So it's amazing what they do there. You know, it's so funny when I got to that Niku, Niku, Niku. Yeah. I saw one of my very first girlfriends in there. Isn't that a weird coincidence? Thank God we ended nicely. Not that she would fucking do anything wrong, but she fucking, it was just weird. I'm like, Oh, look at you. Well, here you are. Anyway, <laughs> weird coincidence. Like, thank God we ended up nicely. Be standing guard over my kid. Thank God you weren't one of the psychos. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Jordan, I went to the movies for the first time the other day and since the pandemic. Ever. Was, oh. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> first first movie ever. Matt's never gone to a film. Oh, I see my first picture. <laughs> it felt good to see a movie again. I, you know, I haven't done that in a while. Are you? Do you ever go to the theaters or? I can't wait. I'm going to be watching them. Um, Quiet Place too. I'm super excited for that one. You're scared of that shit. That's not scary. That's suspense. That's different. Yeah. That's different. I don't yeah. like that edge of your seat. Like, like I like the, the you know who I like in that movie is the the, the actress, whatever her name is. <laughs> but uh, she was also in Edge of Tomorrow with uh, Tom Cruise, which was that's fucking fantastic. It was like Groundhog Day, but an action movie. And that's oh what, yeah, I like that. That movie was underrated, underappreciated. Not as underrated and as appreciated as the 2012 Dread with Carl Urban, but it, it, nonetheless, I don't want to bring up that movie. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's called Dread, not the Stallone one. Give that a chance if you're bored. Brett, okay, I'll give you a chance. Jordan, you're fighting uh, Claudio Puyas uh, this Saturday. Um, come back and talk to us again, though. I mean, you're looking great, eight and zero, one and zero in the UFC. Um, a tremendously uh, dominant performance, and the win before that was. Very dominant as well. Um, so you've looked great both fights. Uh, so for a reason, man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're exciting, and uh, we will definitely talk to you again. And, and good luck on Saturday. Awesome, thank you. Hopefully, I won't need the luck. <laughs> Streaming May 23rd only on BET Plus. Miss Pat is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown ass. Family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. <laughs> you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, how you doing, Martin? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. Sure. Um, how you feeling? I guess you're you're still in quarantine too. Uh yeah, but well, the quarantine probably will be until the five. We did test it yesterday, and we clear today evening, ready to walk around just the hotel. So that's the what's quarantine look like. Now, what do you do to keep busy when you're locked in your hotel room? Because you got to be all amped up. There's only so many push-ups you could do, even though it's <laughs> fifty just before you got on the. We do the, some workouts, but you know I'm busy today actually doing the interviews. We we came yesterday, so at the evening we did the workout, and today I, I'm so busy with the interviews, so I haven't had uh, occasion to you know to start being being boring yet. So I'm I'm, I'm getting busy by UFC. I'm busy. They got you busy. You had a great 2020, by the way. Everyone talked about Kevin Holland having a great. I think he was five and zero in 2020. You were four and zero. I mean, you had a tremendous. Uh, 2020. So uh, this is your first fight of the new year. Um, are you like, I know you want to get back in front of the crowd. So hopefully this will be the last one without an audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, as, as I heard, uh, UFC Vegas will be until the, uh, the end of the year. So maybe next fight I will jump on some, uh, some bigger uh, event, but still it's, it's good to, you know, to have fights. Anyway, the the pandemic when pandemic starts, I thought I wouldn't be able to fight for the year, but the UFC held it, and it's it's great that you know we we have possible to to fight. How long did it take you to get used to fight? Did, did, was it an adjustment for you fighting in front of nobody, um, or did you not even notice it, um, or was it something to get used to? Well, it's not that bad because. It, it, Mostly when you spar, it's there is no audience, so it's uh, easier actually to fight without audience. You can hear your coach, you can focus much better. But still, it's it's some kind of a show you 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 do for the fans. So uh, it's a much better when you have fans in the audience and when you have audience and they can cheer for you. And the, once you finish, the the feeling is much better when the when the audience is there. Hey, Martin, for the for the fans, we like to get to. For them to get to know the fighters and our people. Uh, what's one one thing unrelated to MMA? A hobby you like? Maybe it's books you read, a TV show you're watching. Give us something. Well, there's something that people don't know. I am a farmer. <laughs> you're a farmer. You you live on a farm. <laughs> Yeah, I own a farm. My parents, I, I grew up on the farm. I I was uh, the youngest kid of my parents, so they actually gave me the farm. Uh, I'm I'm not still running it full, but I still own it, and some people helps me. It's not big big farm, but still I I, I am a farmer. Yeah, there in Poland. That's that farm strength we're talking about. Yeah. I probably yeah. That's a real thing. So yeah. you're milking cows. You got the haystacks. That's it's a real. Farm. Yeah, that, that's what I did when when I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> Now, do you eat the animals on the farm? Can you do that? Like if you like the pigs and the chickens, do you can you slaughter them and eat them or do you get too attached? Well, I can do it. It's, it's I don't know if, if it's OK to admit it, but yeah, 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 I can do it. 
Yeah. So now, cause I'm wondering, like, I, I don't, I, I'm like, I, if I started to like the animal, it would be hard to eat it. But guys that grew up on farms, it's just a part of the daily life. I, I know. I actually like animals too, but I, you know, life is life. <laughs> what, what can you say about it? It's a circle it's, of life. Sure. Yeah. It's a circle of life. Yeah. Plus, you know, there's not been a lot of hormones or garbage pumped into it because you raised it. So, you know, it's going to be healthy. Well, I, it's not like uh, all, all of my animals. I, I did it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rare, actually, when it happens. How great did it feel with your last win over, over, over Greg Hardy? I mean, that was something else, man. He was coming out yeah. crazy, looking good. Good body shots, yeah. You, you stayed the course, man. You were, you were not going to be denied that victory. Yeah, that's, that was actually a great win because that was the fourth win in 2020. And that was a great Hardy. The guy's a heavy hitter. He knocked out many guys so far. So, and I could, uh, you know, stand there with him yes. in a striking game. Actually, I, I received few few heavy shots, but still, I was able to, you know, to come much more uh, you know, rested in a, in a second uh, round and finish him. So that was a great win. Was he hurting you at all at the body shots? Because he he's he really was going to the body, and he seemed like he was uh, having some success. Um, what, what was that? Uh, was that hurting you at all? No, I, no, no, not not really. There was some heavy shots to the head uh, in in the first. I uh, was really kind of uh, dangerous, but still, uh, I didn't feel like I'm, I'm I'm losing something there. Now with Walt Harris, he comes out hot sometimes. <laughs> he yeah. comes out like I mean. Are, are we ready for that 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 sound of the bell? The bell is like, are you going to look to touch the glove first, or are you just ready for a charging Walt Harris? <laughs> it's probably the second. I I see him as a guy who goes really hard, and I'm expecting uh, a couple of scenarios. But I hope that he goes hard in the first round, and I will be excited to fight for the for for the for the people. Yeah, he had his moments in those fights he lost, especially. Yeah. The Alistair Overeem fight, where he almost he hurt uh, Alistair, I believe, early, and then Alistair yeah. weathered the storm and, and come back. What an exciting fight! What a great opponent! Yeah, he is. But uh, but I'm working on uh, on my defense uh, a lot. So I when I fought uh, Ben Rothwell last year, he came with a with a you know with storm with the first uh, round, and I was able to you know to cover myself from this. So. Mm, not not afraid of uh, what Walt Harris will bring. I mean, you know, the the guy needs respect because he's a heavy hitter and he's a he, he he's a tough fighter. But you know, I'm uh, confident about my defense. And you've also, uh, it looks like it looks like it's going to be Derek Lewis and Ngannou. That looks like what the next uh, championship fights can be. Again, that's just uh, I, I don't know if uh, that's been confirmed, but I think that that's what it's going to be. Uh, what do you think of that matchup? Well, I, we we saw it already. Uh, I hope this one will be uh, much more, uh, you know, excited uh, right. the, than the last time. And uh, f- I don't know if they fought uh, five rounds last time or three rounds. It was a three-round fight. I uh, want to say it was a co-main. Co-main, um, yeah. I could be wrong, but I think it was a co-main. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that was three rounds. So it's uh, it's hard to predict because you know the, we we saw what they saw, but. Uh, Still, I think that Derek Lewis deserved the title shot again because he, this guy is like uh, f- fighting the best in the heavyweight division and he knocked them out. So, 
So yeah, I'm excited for him to to another shot at the title. Yeah, they're looking at possibly uh, August, and then maybe uh, uh, Stipe. And Jones had said it was kind of hard for him, harder for him to get to heavyweight than he anticipated. Um, which I guess that's a big jump up, and then it kind of makes you even more in awe of what Daniel Cormier was able to to do to be uh, so successful at, at at light heavyweight at heavyweight. Yeah, um, you know what? I, I as I remember, the uh, John Jones did lots of uh, weightlifting before the fight with uh, uh, Owen Sampru, and that fight didn't go well. I don't know how it affects when he got when he gained so much muscle and so much strength for the heavyweight division. Ooh. I'm pretty much interesting to see him how he perform in the heavyweight division, but I'm not so sure about he will be as stone as as a, as a light heavyweight. Hmm. Very interesting with the weightlifting thing there, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, because again, you're 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 also facing guys who are a lot stronger. I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but I, I mean, it's a huge jump up. It's 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 not a, a that's a big jump. Yeah, it is, and uh, I think John, based on his reflex, on his movement, uh, and everything, that's uh, when you gain so much muscle that uh, he might lose something. Of course, the guys in the, in the heavyweight division are moving a little slower, but still, it's 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 interesting actually. Well, Francis, too. The the interesting thing, but the, the second Francis Stipe fight was, and Matt and I have talked about this too. It was in a smaller octagon, and Stipe came in light. And when Francis, when he went for the takedown and Francis kind of splayed his legs back, which was a big improvement over the first fight, you're like, wow, he's really improved as a fighter. He's a much more dangerous guy because he's a lot harder to take down than he was two years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, that was uh, some I was saying that uh, we'll, how the second fight will turn for, for Francis. It uh, depends on how he improved his wrestling. Uh, defense and he did. He he works a lot, and uh, the guys really focus on 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 getting the title and and to retain the title. So yeah, he he improved this game, his game. Yeah, yeah, he did. He looked really good. And again, you did look so great over uh, uh, Greg Hardy. And now, what do you see now if this fight goes the way you want it to go? Obviously, you got to get through Walt Harris first, which is not easy, especially a guy coming off two losses. Because you know you're going to get a guy who really feels like he's fighting for, uh, you know, this is a huge fight for Walt Harris because he's coming yeah. off two losses. Um, does that change the way you approach it all? Uh, not really. That's what's, uh, what I'm thinking about. He might come with a different scenario in the last two fights. Yeah, but still, it's... Uh, it's uh he's he's dangerous guy any anytime any anytime he fights of course uh the guy uh fights for actually maybe he to retain in the ufc but it doesn't change anything to me it doesn't no okay because i always wonder if, if a guy's coming off a couple of losses uh it, it seems like th maybe does that make him more dangerous or maybe less dangerous because he's more likely to make a mistake uh but, you know I, you know again i don't know it can go. It can go both way, you know. It's uh, it, you can try so hard that you can make so many mistakes, but uh, anyway, that's probably make uh, motivates you more. And you, you never know. We'll we'll see after after Saturday. Your thoughts on the main event, Rosenstrike for Sakai. Mm -hmm. I personally, I trained for Sakai because that was the guy I'm fighting with, and uh, and I lost. So so I hope this guy win and. Maybe we will get the rematch, but uh, also as I see it, it's Sakai. It's hard to knock out, and 
uh, Rosenstruck it's uh, it's the guy who based on on the one punch knockout so I go 60 to 40 for Sakai okay okay well listen Marcin it was really good uh, good talking to you and have a great fight this Saturday uh, co-main event against Walt Harris and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you again and, and we'll be talking to you again okay thank you so much Hey, Nick, can you hear us? Uh, yeah. So you won, wait, you won The Bachelor or you were just... Streaming May 23rd only on BET Plus. Miss Pat is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown-ass family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. You can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On The Bachelor. I don't, I just, I don't, it's not my show. I don't, yeah, it's not, yeah. No, it's not mine either, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, winning is the only thing I haven't done. Actually, I took second twice and then I was The Bachelor. Oh, so okay. you took second twice on The Bachelor. Yeah, it's insane. So you were in that show, on that show twice. So as The Bachelor, what the, what is the rules with that? You're, you're the one who they're trying, girls are trying to get to, or you're trying to get a, get a date. What, what the fuck is the, explain to the people at home, not me. Yeah, so they have they have a couple different formats. The two main ones are the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. And so yes. the Bachelorette is when the woman is they call it the lead, right? There, there's the single woman, and you have a bunch of male suitors hoping to fall in love with her. And when you're the Bachelor, you're the one guy. You have a bunch of women hoping to fall in love with the guy, in the simplest form. So wait, so you were which one were you on? Well, first I was on the Bachelorette, and I made I was you know top two. Yeah, and then I went back on again for like. A, a lo- it's a long story. I kind of knew the girl. Took second again. Really? Yeah. So, and then, then they made me the bachelor. And then I. You guys don't. You guys don't care about getting sloppy seconds with kissing the same girl, and everybody's all trying to get so, on that. So we're the weird world. You'll be amazed. What uh, as you guys, I'm sure know, uh, men love nothing more than a competition. And when you get into that environment, you you're highly competitive. And you're with a bunch of usually a lot of athletes, a lot of guys. And uh, it's pretty easy to, it's, a, it's an isolated environment, right? There's no distractions, no phones, nothing, just a singular focus. And if there is a connection to be had, generally, uh, it'll, you know, you'll, you'll get warped. It, you know, you, can, yeah. you just kind of get fixated. And so the other aspects, yeah, you get jealous and you get annoyed and, and you don't get to see it a lot. So it's, it's, an, it's quite frankly, a social experiment. So. That's a fascinating thing, though. You like I'm not I, I'm competitive with certain things. But when it comes to a women, I'm just I'm not competitive because I know I won't do well. So to be able to kind of in a way out charm other really good looking, charming guys, that's incredible to even get into the final, too, because I, I know that I would not perform well, even if I had more physical gifts. 
you, you never know. It's a, it's a different world, man. Cause I, you know, in, in, in real world, I, I'm not a very competitive guy when it comes to dating. Like I've, I've been a confident guy and it's just like, I'm not here to, to, to chase something, you know, type of thing. But in that world, it's just, it's different. And again, you're not watching a lot of people do it. They, right. you do it on your own. And it's, it really, I remember the first time on it, like, I really liked the girl, but I honestly was self-aware enough to be like, I honestly don't know if I, if, if ever, if, if I like her just because, or am I just like competitive? And it's really hard to tell. It's, it's a, it's a fascinating environment. Jimmy, I'm sorry. Did anybody ever stay together from this thing? Then get married and have a family? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a lot. Of, a lot of relationships don't work out. I, I'm I'm definitely one of those people who's who's uh, doesn't have a relationship from that world. But people are married. Uh, there's kids that have been born. There's a handful of. There's only been one divorce, and that was recently. Every other marriage that happened, they're still together. And there's a, a way more breakups than than not. But I mean, like people in the real world have a very un, you know, like relationships in general are just hard to work out, right? Most of them don't work out. So it, it actually has a surprisingly decent track record. What, what is it like to be on, to be the bachelor yes. and have women competing for you? Like, how does that feel? Uh, it, it's flattering. It's cool at first, obviously a neat role, but in that environment, it's like the hardest job you can have. I mean, the truthfully is you, there's like 30 great, they, they don't, they're not casting for compatibility. They're, they're casting for obviously. Sure. TV and things like that. So you're, you're lucky if you feel like generally interested and compatible with like four women. And then you have a, like 25 other women who are nice and beautiful and cool, but you, you just might not be vibing with them. And you have to like, you, it's a, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of conversations. It's, it's an arduous job. It's a, I mean, I was grateful. I had fun, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's not, it's not the, like making out with 30 people in one night is not fun. Are you, this is, now, do they say, are you forbidden from having sex or you're allowed to do whatever you want as adults? They don't care. Truthfully, there's, they have the rules of the show, but as it's, it's reality TV, there are no rules, man. There's, there's this, they're just boundaries meant to be broken and they, they will either use that, you know, to your advantage or against you, depending on how the show goes. So I, I, uh, I never operated. I, I, I broke all the rules, so to speak. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, it's got to be very difficult. You really made out with that many women in a night? Like they just have you got like them filing and talking to you? In, in a sense. I mean, like yeah. in that world, you're it's it's people like you, you said you didn't think you'd do well. I mean, you're a conversationalist, right? It's you put a lot of emphasis on your ability to talk, right? Because like you can't, you know, it is on TV. So like what happens a lot of times people who, who don't have the gift of the gab or who can't connect, they'll get nervous and awkward and just want to make out. Right. And that All just right. kind of gets annoying after a while, you know? Yeah, I can talk, but again, I I'm trying to make up for a turtle shaped head and I blink a lot. So I don't, I don't think that that's going to win any women over, but it's gotta be hard though, dude, because like, especially if you really like somebody, if all of a sudden you're in that process and you're like, wow, I like this girl. And then you're like, but does she like me or is this yeah. just a part of a gig for her? Totally. It's a total mindfuck. Um, I mean, when I was a bachelor, I, I pretty much, you know, like there are a lot of great people, but I was drawn to one particular girl. And once you're kind of locked in, you're just like, well, shit, what if, you know, what if, if she doesn't feel the same way? And you're just, there's a lot of expectations in that world. It kind of fucks you up in the head a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's a, um, it's, it's boot camp, man. Like it's, 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 it's mental it's like mental gymnastics. Right. Ooh, mental jumping jacks. Let me ask you, you also did like acting, 
right? Yeah, I'm still acting now. Um, I do host some hosting. I've been lucky enough to do some movies. It's, you know, I, I study acting on the regular. I've been doing it for four years now. Obviously, a highly competitive industry. Um, I've only, I only been doing it for four years. So I'm lucky enough to, uh, you know, have the podcast I have and has, have success doing other things that the acting is more of a, a passion project for me. And it allows me to work on my craft and be patient because, you know, you have, have some highly successful actors out there. You have to, you know, pick your battles and just keep working. And so, yeah. Well, I'm fascinated, but he was in the soap opera. You were in general, uh, sorry, general uh, hospital, I think. Yeah, I did, a, I did a small kind of fun. I, I played myself on, on that. I was in this Christmas movie with Vivica A. Fox. Um, I was in uh, an ABC sitcom, sitcom called Speechless. So I've had a, some fun, small roles. I, I, I and um, you know a couple other TV shows, but uh, yeah, you, you just kind of take your opportunities and try to be you know the, the best that you can be, and 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 see what happens. What is the shoot schedule on a soap? That's what I'm fast because soap operas they do like five episodes a week. No, it's it's pretty wild, right? It's like, fast, right? It's just, they just do a couple takes. I, I think uh, they'll figure it out in post type of thing, and oh. I think um, yeah, it, it, I was kind of to your point. I was kind of fascinated with it, with it. The cast was really friendly. I spent half my time just kind of observing everyone because it really is a fascinating, like, bam, 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 move on. And, and um, it's not the same. Like, you shoot a TV show or a movie, specifically a movie, they might do one take 30 or 40 times, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then they'll pick their best moments. But a soap, you know, you got to give soap. That's what a lot of actors will cut their teeth in their soap because for that very reason, uh, there's not a lot of room for mistake and you really have to, to know your stuff. And there's, there's not a lot of forgiveness if you get it wrong. Oh, you did dancing with the stars. Yeah. You're going to be on a mass singer next. So you can't tell us. Cause you yeah, know. I wouldn't be able to, I can't sing for, you can't tell us anyway. Oh, you can't sing. Well, either can I, it doesn't stop me from singing. No, he sings a lot, Nick. He sings a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I've, I've uh, probably no mass singer for me, but the dancing with the stars is pretty fun. And the uh, and, and you're it's it's called the the vile files. That, am I saying your name your last name properly? Yeah, vile. Okay. Now, uh, how long have you had this? Because obviously you were uh, voted one of the top ten podcasts of 2019. Which it, look, podcasts are, are fiercely competitive because there's so many of them. Um, so, are, is it an interview show or is there something specific you focus on? Yeah, I mean, we actually have three different formats, but the two main ones there's like an interview show, right? Like kind of like what you guys do, and I'll just interview different public figures. Like for example, today we dropped an episode with Brian Bob Garner, Kevin from The Office, and um, you know different type of personalities, people I find interesting. And then I, it's it's also relationship focused, and so I have another show where audience members will call in, share their problems, have some questions. I've always kind of been the the friend. Right. Who, uh, you know, would give relationship advice and people seem to find it helpful and it's pretty fun and, and we learn a lot. So, uh, yeah, that's I've been doing it since 2019. And, yeah, I'm really thankful because it is highly competitive. You know, every, the barrier to entry to podcasts is, you know, you just have to buy a mic and, and talk. And yep. um, but it's something I was passionate about. And I kind of just uh, put my head down and grinded and, and didn't worry about making money. And, and uh, it took about nine or ten months to blow up. But it, it, uh, it did. And. And here we are. So pretty, pretty, pretty grateful. Are you good in relationships? Like I give pretty good advice. Like I'm good at giving, like I can see somebody else's problems and I can analyze, but as far as being a boyfriend, I'm kind of shit. Like I'm, I, it's hard for me to be a good boyfriend, but I could tell somebody else what they're doing wrong, but are you actually good in it? I, I've gotten better. Right. But every miss, every, every bit of advice I've ever given is something I've gotten wrong in the past. Right. You know? 
um, I'm older now and I've, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've gotten it wrong, you know? Um, and yeah, it's easier to give advice when you don't like, you're not personally invested, but like emotions and feelings fuck us up. Right. Like it's so easy to be like, I do X, Y, and Z. And, and then you, you give a shit about something and your ego like shows up and they're just like, yeah, all the logic that you, you know, we're just going to put that out the window and, and, and you're going to make a bunch of terrible mistakes. So as I've gotten older, I've been able to control my ego and kind of put a pause button on like wanting to react to a situation and then kind of be like, you know, how would I, you know, I just gotten better at empathizing because I was pretty shitty at that when I was younger. So um, yeah, you just live and learn, but uh, I'm certainly not, not perfect. And uh, again, a lot of the, all the advice I've ever given is something that at one point in my life I've gotten wrong. Yeah. Um, and I saw you did family guy too. And it's also animations are not, that's another totally different form of acting because you're in a booth. You're basically just kind of standing there, usually not interacting with the other actors. You're just kind of reading it into a microphone, like with a music stand in front of you. Is that how they had you do that? And did you find that easy or harder than being on a regular set? It was just different, right? I mean, I had a small role um, and it was just really cool. Uh, I, I'm friends with the, the showrunner. And so it was kind of an opportunity and they, they just kind of, hey, we wrote you into the script. So that was pretty surreal. I'm a, I'm a Family Guy fan. And uh, I think that, to me, that's one of the cooler, cooler experiences I had because, like, I played myself. You know, I was a drawing and I'm interaction with Peter. But, yeah, like, it's, it's – it's, uh, you get an opportunity to say things over and over, but your, your inflection matters and you got to have fun with it. It's just a totally different experience. Um, I was more nervous doing Family Guy than, than acting just because uh, – I just was, you know, I wanted to get it right. I always like the the thing I like about uh, animation stuff is that if I fuck it up, it doesn't matter because there's not a bunch of other actors watching me. It's almost like when, when you screw up a line and you have a room full of people. But if you're just talking to a couple people in a booth, I don't feel as much pressure as I do, like, you know, wasting everybody else's day. And plus, you don't you're not going to forget your lines because they're written in front of you. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I. For I think for Family Guy, I just was pretty jacked up about it, and uh, up until that point, I hadn't done a lot of animation, so it was just it was just different. And so, like, you just get self conscious about like how close or how far away you are from the mic and things like that. But they were pretty they were pretty gracious and, and patient with me, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. All right, Nick. Well, look, let's plug your podcast properly. It's called The Vile Files, and uh, people could just get it wherever they get podcasts. Yeah, anywhere you uh, uh, listen to podcasts. We also drop the episodes on YouTube. If you're a more visual person, you can watch it. And uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can check out The Vile Files. And if, um, yeah, you, we always have a lot of cool celebrities and, and public figures. And then obviously, you know, guy or girl, you know, uh, you're probably struggling with a relationship of some kind. We focus a lot about that, a lot on that. And uh, people seem to find it helpful. So check us out. And um, yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's really popular, so you're doing something right. Um, it's good talking to you, man. You're, you're a fun guy to talk to, and uh, and good luck with the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Appreciate it, Matt. Appreciate it, Jim. Jimmy, I seen a movie. Jimmy. Jimmy, I went for the other day. I need the song first. Dun, 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 dun. Matt's movie minute. <clears throat> that's me. I hate you. Why do I play into it when you're a fucking bully? Okay. Uh, what did you see? I haven't been to the theater. First of all, I started off the show weird today. I go, what do you got to say to me? And you're like, what? 
Oh, yeah, I didn't understand yeah, that. Well, yeah. what do you got to say to me? All right, forget. All right. I'll tell you later. All right. And then you're going to feel bad. But listen, anyway. Jim, Happy birthday. I hate you. Did somebody give you a message just now? No. I'm guessing what else would I have to birthday. No, no, I promise you. I'm, didn't. Getting, I'm getting messages all right now. Look at me. I'm, I'm writing back to my Uncle Steve. I'm getting messages all day long. And you know how to break my big manly heart, don't you, Jimmy? Why? You didn't let me get a chance to say happy birthday. Yeah, well, I asked you before. You got something to say? You're like, what do you mean? You almost snapped at me. You go, I'm not there. All right. No, I wanted to say it. I'm going to ask you. Truth be told, I wanted to say it towards the end of the show before we signed off. Jimmy. Yes. Well, listen. Okay. As I write back my hand, Donna. Um, Anyway, this is what the deal is. So I went out the other day. Haven't been to the movies since the pandemic. It's been a long ass. Sure. And I go, you know what? Dropped the kids off at my in-laws. They spent the night. And uh, me and my wife had a night out. And we saw Jason. St- oh, did I do the movie Minute? Oh, I did sing it already. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I smoke a lot of weed. Uh, it's, we saw Jason Statham in The Wrath of Man. I oh. never even heard about it. How about It's Guy Ritchie movie. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. So you know you're in pretty good shape going in. Because Guy, yeah. you know, not just being a Henzo Gracie black belt. Sure. Always, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, give him a pass on the second Sherlock Holmes. I don't know if he did that, but you know, he, he does usually does good work. So, but I didn't hear nothing about it. My buddy Hulk, Paul Harrison, you know him. He goes, Oh, he sometimes it'll just give me like a, a movie review out of nowhere. He'll send me a hey, this movie's good. I'm like, oh, okay. That's all I knew about it, Jimmy. I didn't know anything else about it. I just knew that Jason Statham's in it. And you know, sometimes people, you know, you you've actually might have said this before. Like, I remind you that like a five foot six Jason Statham, like an action movie star. Did you say yeah, that? Five, I said five one, but yeah, yeah. You said, <laughs> regardless of the height, you did. It was a comparison me. So I am a big Jason Statham fan. Sure. He's one of those guys that doesn't, he doesn't realize that he should shave his head. He thinks he's manly enough to leave the fucking partially bored head, bald head. That's it right. Worked. It worked. The guy it works. The guy does his CrossFit or whatever. So anyway, it's about like an armored car type service situation where they get, you know, they get held up a lot and, and but there's more to it. There were some casualties on a job. Who's related to who? Who knows who? Who's going in for revenge? Some twists, some turns, a mm. lot of action. And I'll tell you right now, funnier than you'd think. There was a lot of funny lines. Like Jason Statham has these lines that are just deadpan, just like just dry, and they come out of nowhere, and it's fucking hysterical. There was some fucking people laughing, and it gave me. It reminded me what I like about the movies, Jimmy. Hey, Matt, I do a good Jason Statham. Jimmy, Jimmy, good. Jimmy, Jimmy, that's not, not only is that not Jason Statham, that's actually disrespectful to Jason Statham. Hey, Matt, school's in session. Is this Doug Bell? Who am I no, talking? it's just Jim doing, I happen to have Doug's Bell, but that was just Jim doing Jason Statham. No. You think it was good? No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. It wasn't. It's almost like me when I do uh, Carl Urban's voice in Dread. Mama, I don't know what he sounds like. Mama, he sounds like. Well, you know what Judge Dread sounds like? He no. Stallone. Well, no, no, I'm the law. He's not the law. I'm. I'm the law. As Jason Statham is Judge Dread. Yeah, I'll tell you right now that. No, he's got the accent though. It's not going to work. Hey, no. mate. I'm Jason no, Statham. No, no, You're Matt. We don't shave. Oh, mate. No, that's no, not going to work. That's good. 
But Carl Urban, I can listen to him say, Mama Clan. He says it like that. I say cringy. But he also says, he has this new, what's it? That's good. But he has this girl that's working with a partner. She's a rookie. So he's like giving her like, he's like evaluating her. So he's like, what what do you say, rookie? You like that? What do you say? Ready? Ready? And I'll I'll put part, you can't see my face because this is what, this is what Judge Dredd looks like. You just see this part. Look, like this. What do you say, rookie? Oh, I can do this, Jimmy. Oh, me too, yeah. What do you say, rookie? Mama clan. What? Hey, mate. What do you say, mate? You got to put fucking pigeon tits. You got to go to your <laughs> fucking face. I did. Uh, hold on. Anyway, I, I like the movie. Hey, mate. At, all right. I like the movie. Afterwards, one of our fighter, Charlie Campbell. Okay. Oh, good stuff. Fights on the local circuit. Um. Uh, he fucking, his uncle, Uncle Pete, went to his diner afterwards and had some fucking bison burgers. Those are good. Shout out to Uncle Pete. Charlie's a little savage, Charlie the Cannibal. You'll see him in a big show, I'm sure. But the real hero is his Uncle Pete. Makes some good-ass bison burgers. All right, listen. Back. Well, so the movie I recommend. Okay. I recommend it. So, you know, it's up there. I enjoyed it. I saw that, Matt. I I was perusing like... um Ooh. the uh what's the the app store or whatever uh itunes store and they had that because they're perusing showing on perusing a Sunday afternoon right i was perusing yeah and they do have certain uh movies in the theater that you can watch as well and i think that came up um so now i'll watch it on your recommendation because i got one it's fun. it's fun that that was a, a spy movie oh and it was a pile of shit what's the name of it let me look it up i don't remember hold on a, a, a spy movie no it's a, it's a true story uh woman uh german radio america hold on. Uh, i forget the name of the movie it's called american trader oh boy sounds really it's a it's a, the movie of uh axis sally who was an american woman who broadcasts on German radio. Apparently Joseph Goebbels made her do it or, or, you know, they had her passport, but she was encouraging American troops to surrender, blah, blah, blah. So she was seen as a traitor, but this movie is dull. It has zero vibe. How about this? I hardly made it through you explaining what the fucking movie's about. Yeah, dude, it's not good. Even Pacino is not good. It's like, it's almost like watching a bunch of, Yeah, she had a great ass. Yeah, she sure did, mate. No, no. That's Pacino and Jason Statham talking. Jason Statham was not in here, Jimmy. You can't can't take these liberties because you're going to ruin these people are going to think these the guys in the movie. Yeah. And he wasn't in there. It was Val Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer was in there. Yeah. You know, then he did Batman and Robin and then it fell. This movie is not great, Matt. I thought he did George Clooney, by the way. What's that? He's the best Batman. Uh, American Trader is not good. Well, it wasn't on my list of things to see. No, not mine either. But again, I saw Pacino and I said, what the heck? Oof. Oh, there's some picks. Okay. Are, right? Yeah, we'll do the main and the co-main because we get most of them wrong anyway. I'll tell you, Jimmy, you can teach an old jujitsu man new tricks. Can I tell you that right now? That I'm having, I'm having success with my double trouble where you control the both legs. Jason Rao, one of my black belts, who's phenomenal 
in his own right, as far as just in jujitsu. He's phenomenal, world-class. He's helping me with my leg locks when a student becomes the teacher. Jimmy, I'm very open-minded. I love my Kimuras. I still love mounting people. I'm an old-school jujitsu man, but... Yes, you are. I rolled the other day with a couple of my guys, and I was so happy to get some new stuff off. It's like anything else, Jimmy. It's almost like you landed a new joke. Nothing like that at all. But I've got this new outside Ashi where I'm pulling off. And I'm like, this is fucking great. And I'm also a setup when I'm controlling those two legs. And it's such a sweet setup where I'm even getting a calf slice or I'm getting that inside heel. And Jimmy, I just feel like I got some new toys I'm playing with. And I'm having fun with it. I just wanted to vent that to you. Okay. I and I li- and Jimmy, like I often say to my 7 a.m. class when they say, oh, shit, we just saw you last night. You know what I tell them? I live this shit. Yeah. All right. So, Jimmy, when are you going back on tour? When are you going back out there? August. I mean, I'll have dates to plug soon. Um, It's going to be probably August to be my first one. I'll, I'll plug it soon. August. Well, you, know, you might be in Long Island, maybe. No, no not Long Island. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just saying. Um, what was I going to say? What else we got? What else do we got? Oh, we got to do the picks. Let's oh. do the let's do the co and the main. Let's do. All right, I'm fine with that. Let's do uh, Martin uh, Tybora against Walt Harris. That's a tough. He he looks. <sighs> I love Walt Harris too. Yeah, I know. I do too. I love Walt Harris. You know, um, but Walt Harris, man, listen. Remember what he did to Olenek. Yeah. And Olenek's a beast. So it's yes, like, he is. oh, well, this guy's got the possibly the better grappling. And this is what I think. I think that Marchin's looking at this and he's looking at his last three opponents and he's saying, look, I'm having a lot of success lately. I mean, he's not saying this. This is me just this is you being him. Yeah. This is me kind of just look, make, making my pick. So he's thinking uh, he should be confident. And maybe he's thinking, all right, you know, Walt's losing a couple. Maybe he's slipping. I disagree. I disagree, Jimmy. I think that Walt knows he can't lose another one. You know, everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He's always coming to fight. But hey, man, three top three losses is no good. He knows his back is up against the wall. He's going to be a little bit more, I feel, measured. And maybe be a, as far as putting that foot on the gas, he's going to be a little, hopefully a little bit more concerned on when he does that fighting in more intervals. But I feel he will be victorious in this fight. You feel okay. I'm not gonna say by decision because I don't think Mar- and Martian, listen, I like him. I think he's a tough Polish farmer that we just found out. He's got gonna he's gonna be a hard guy to put away. But I feel with the right tactic, tactics, strategy, I think Walt Thomas can get this victory. I am going to take uh Martin Tabora in the second round. <laughs> you don't even get into why. I'm gonna take him out because I do think. That as much as you're right about Harris. Oh, I can also uh, be wrong about him. I think, to, but then again, coming off two losses, Tabor's coming off four wins. Um, it could work either way. I am the law. Mom is not the law. Mama, I'm coming for you. Who do you think's going to win the fight, mate? Jimmy, I want you to see Dredd. I will. And you love it. It's so violent. It's one of my favorite movies. Can you watch it? Yeah, I'm just watch busy. This month. I'm I'm busy until August, but I will watch it. Fuck, it's two hours out of your time. I'm going 
With a Rosenstrike. Yep. Rosinho. Rosenstrike. Well, you cut off my song. Uh, but um, I'm going with Rosenstrike. No, but Sakai, he lost to Overeem his last fight, but he was on a six-fight win streak before that. Yeah? Yeah. I'll take Rosenstrike as well. Tell me how many fights Rosenstrike lost. Huh? Two out of his last three, but before that he was uh, on, on quite a streak. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for agreeing with me. For he was 10-0 at one point, I think. Well, we were all undefeated at one point. You technically are still undefeated. Right, I am yeah. taking... I'm thinking Rosenstrike, and uh, I'm going to say TKO in the fourth round. I said it. Me. This guy. This guy said it. Okay. What do you got to say, Jimmy? Touche. I'm going to take Rosenstrike third round. Turn around, pride us. Every now and then I fall apart. Jimmy, I, what'd you say? Third round? Okay. Oh, you surprised me with that. I thought you'd go against me. All right, Jimmy. I think our work is done here. Yes. Thank you to our guests. Oh. Uh, Jordan Levitt, of course, Martine uh, and Nick uh, Vile. And uh, this was a fun one, man. It was good talking to all those guys. We they were all first timers on this show. So it was a lot of fun. It's true, Jimmy. And I, I have a feeling they most likely will be back. Yeah. You know, I think Jimmy, so. I will be FaceTiming you later when we're doing <laughs> And a happy birthday to Matt. Jimmy's new character is really getting under my skin. This is just me. I I like the bell, I think, better than the other. This is just me. That's not you, Jimmy. That's me ringing Doug's bell. Didn't your friend once once, um, have a show called Ring the Bells? Ring my bell, yeah. Ring my bell. Why don't you do Doug Bell would love to interview you? Well, Jimmy, I don't think that's going to happen. But it will happen. Before Chip, I will tell you that. I think you should do Chip, too. I think you want to plug them. Let's plug what we're doing. Are they both on? Is Doug Bell on Cameo also? Doug Bell's on Cameo. Chip's on Cameo. Jim Norton's on Cameo. None of them are on the app. They are all only online. So go to Cameo.com slash Jim Norton or slash Chip Chipperson or slash Doug Bell and get yourself, get someone a good Father's Day gift. Well, Jimmy, I'm a father. Listen, when is Father's Day? It's in June. That's as far as I can tell you. Oh, uh, Jimmy, I'm going to use my time to not plug anything. Besides okay. cameo. But I will say that I want our audience, I'm going to give out a homework assignment. I want them to watch two movies, one funny and one action. The okay. funny movie is a stoner comedy called Grandma's Boy. Very funny from the Happy Madison production. Oh, I love uh, Nick. Nick Swartzen's a buddy Nick, of mine. I love him. Swartzen's in it. Yeah, he's great. I can't. I challenge anybody to see if they've seen this in the theaters. Me and my wife are the only. It was in and out of the theaters so fucking fast. If, I'm going to say it's a cult classic. I'm saying that because people love it. So go see see Grandma's Boy. Get that. You could do worse. And also, if you got time, the most underrated, underappreciated comic book movie ever. Watch Dread. Not the earlier one. What's the best that's yeah. long? This is what Call Urban. Watch Dread. those. Watch those movies. You want to do the? Want me to see the the impersonation one more time? And you're going to see this mama, mama clan. I'm coming. I can be the next dread. Yeah, I think so. Jimmy, I, I might. I my, mate. It's my birthday. Tell me you love me. I do love you. Happy birthday. Thank you, Jimmy. I don't I'm not mad. You didn't remember. But listen to me. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you by, by this weekend. Yes. Okay. Everybody. Thank you. Unfiltered Army. 
Happy Best birthday. birthday present ever is having you as my friends and fans. Streaming May 23rd only on BET Plus. Miss Pat is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown ass family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. Dad, you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.